Welcome, everybody, to the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. I'm Dan. We're back here for our Big Money Match tier list, part D. D. Part two. Uh, me, Clinton, and Doug are back. Eric wasn't here for the first one either. Yeah, Eric didn't do the first one. And since Cratch McRat is over is overseas right now, we figured we'd finish this up. The man's hanging out in Milan, living, uh, living his best life. Well, he, no, he's not in Milan now. Last I last I saw, he was in Budapest. <laughs> he's traveling the world. Good for yeah, him. Yeah, like no, great for him. Like I, I'm jealous. And he's wondering why nobody answers to him. Like, he gets upset when nobody <laughs> answers him in the group. And he's like, well, why aren't you guys answering? It's like, dude, you should be suntanning with honeys right now. Not <laughs> trying to... Talk to us. It's not trying to talk to us. Yeah. Go, get your, go get yourself some international tang. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Uh, Clint is here. How are you doing, Clint? I'm good. <laughs> I'm holding up. Working on this card a little bit for our little wrestling project, which I found now some free agents I got signed. Oh, cool. Very sick. Awesome. Uh, and Doug, anything exciting this week? Uh, well, we had the uh, the toy convention last week. We did very well at it. Yes, yes. Uh, got to meet the young Mac, uh, the actor from Young Rock who plays the Iron Sheik. Yes, nice gentleman. Nice gentleman. Jack is all hell. Yeah. Nice looking gentleman, too. Oh, my. Yeah, wow. <laughs> and we were next to a, a young man dressed as Deadpool who would not quit it with the, the rubber fucking chicken. Yeah, he kept squeezing a rubber chicken. It was hilarious for the first few hours. I mean, it was funny the whole time. It, it was, was funny the whole time. I, I think the, the funniest part was the fact that Sharon kept leaning over to us saying, this thing's going to go up his ass. He doesn't knock it off. Shove it up his ass. Like, I, if he doesn't knock it the fuck off, it's going up his ass. He was in character. And then and then even, like, when he comes over to talk to us about yeah, action he figures, squeezing. he's still squeezing the fucking thing. Yeah. And it's just like, it, quit squeezing the fucking chicken. <laughs> buy the action figure, you Fuck. <laughs> nice gentleman, though, if you're listening. No, <laughs> I can't no. wait to see it the next you know, one. He did a really good job. He, yeah, he, he did. And he attracted people, and he attracted people to us. And uh, <laughs> I'm, you know, I'm grateful to that. Because to be honest with you, like, it, to me, the rubber chicken was funny. Yeah. I was kind of, although I was disappointed in the, in the end that Sharon actually didn't just get up and shove the thing up his ass. <laughs> Uh, There's always next year. I mean, well, we don't have to wait a whole year. But, uh, I mean, I think Sharon was just waiting for uh, Iron Sheik to come up and give her a nice big bear hug. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, with shirt off and all that. But, yeah, it I was a shirt, not yours. But, uh, either way, <laughs> it was a great time. Are you ready to get in the episode? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> big money match tier list. Yeah. So part two. Part two. Uh, why don't you list what we already have, and then we'll just keep naming. I'll, I'll let you get, You guys can name some names. I'll name some. Okay. So we have uh, our tiers are elite, very good, good, mediocre, meh, <laughs> and garbage. Trash. Keep changing the name after I keep raging. Trash. All right. In Elite, we have Austin and Rock from WrestleMania 17. Cena versus Umaga 
from Royal Rumble 07, and Triple H versus Batista from WrestleMania 21. Very good. We have Taz versus Shane Douglas from Guilty as Charged 99. Jeff Hardy versus Edge versus Triple H from Armageddon 08. And AJ versus Sting from Bound for Glory 09. In good, we have Nash and Triple H from the Hell in a Cell at Bad Blood 03. Brett and Sean from WrestleMania 12. And Jericho and Omega from Double or Nothing 2019. Mediocre, we have Joe versus Lesnar from Great Balls of Fire in 2017. In meh, we have Hogan versus Sting from Starcade 97. And King Kong Bundy versus Hulk Hogan from WrestleMania 2. And in trash or garbage or landfill or whatever the hell we decide to call it. <laughs> Fucking cheeks. Yeah. We have Hogan versus Warrior from Halloween Havoc 98. Is it the only entry so far? Yes. Okay. All right. And the criteria for this is very, it's very simple. The criteria is very simple. Uh, pretty much all you got to do is it's either the main event or the co-main or it's for a title, or it just has that big fight feel. If it's in the middle of the card, but it's just it's that big attraction, it could still qualify for the list. So it's a very loose on the big money match, but just if it had that, you know, that special type of match that, that people are going to pay to watch. It. And uh, we're going to start here with our first tag match on, I think. Okay. And it's John Cena and Shawn Michaels representing Raw going against Batista and Undertaker representing SmackDown at No Way Out 2007. Which really was a one-match show, that being the one match. And what about 22 minutes that it was... I mean, it's for the best of the time. Yeah. All in their kind of peaks. The WrestleMania main events teaming up. Yeah. All in perspective, like peaks at the same time. Yeah. Because, like, Sean was arguably, even though he was really good when he was a, a jerk in the, in the 90s, but he was still really good. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people would say, like, around this time and right before he retired, he was, like, really, he was back. You know, he was locked in. Yeah, he was still having really good matches. Yeah. And Batista was obviously. and, and Batista Bat- was Batista. Batista was Batista, and John Cena was taking over. And by 2007, Cena was already the man. And The Undertaker was always the guy, too. Under, I mean, this is just for, I mean, first ballot Hall of Famers going at it. Clinton, yeah. where would you put it? I will put it in good. Cause I like this story. I like this fact that it was WrestleMania main event versus WrestleMania main event. And then I also like the fact that during the build-up, they gave the tag t- titles to Cena and and um, Cena and Michaels too, along it, making it seem like one was either forced to work as a team and was showed it was forced for the team or making them win the titles, while the others was just like, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll just it's our two versus your two best teams. We knew Taker and Matisse wasn't really interested in tagging each other, but they needed like a big. A way to promote WrestleMania, what a way to go to SmackDown and have WrestleMania be promoted in a two right. main event team together. Right, and the funny thing about this match, and because I, I remember actually being excited about this, because this is actually around the time when we started actually buying the pay per views. Yeah, because like we would go out to like other people's houses or whatever, and we really, really wouldn't get them. But then, like I. But then I decided, like, fuck, you know, yeah, I'll start you, getting them. Or you whatever. started working, getting yourself some coin. 
And you're like, hell yeah, it's time to buy, <laughs> yeah. buy some WWE. Yeah. And so this is like one of the first ones. Yeah. And I just remember being excited about this match, but everybody else is just like, oh my God, this card's going to suck. Like, why the fuck? Why should we care? And it's just How like, could anybody think that was going to suck? Well, not the, not the match, but like the, the pay-per-view. Well, the pay-per-view was a bit underwhelming as a whole. There was a few sleepers on there, but that yeah. was, you're right. It was kind of a one-match show. Yeah, but, but the it was one a good match, match delivered. Yeah, it was a good fucking match. I, I would agree with Clinton, though, and just put it in good. Oh, well, yeah, I, I'm going to say the same thing. Because it, it didn't do anything revolutionary, but it wasn't. It, it was a good match. Next up, we're yeah. going to head over to AEW, and we're going to do All Out 2020, John Moxley versus MJF. Uh, a big heel versus the top champion at the time. A lot of people thought they might have gave the belt to MJF on this night, but they didn't do it yet. Well, and that's the thing. is, I think a lot of people were expecting that. But they weren't really allowed to have fans. I mean, they had, like, the limited capacity or whatever, but I really feel like they wanted to save it for, like, a big moment. Yeah. And to me, like, anything in this pandemic era was not a big moment. Well, there was a couple, but I do agree with you. Uh, This card was pretty good, though. Well, yeah, because this was... uh, Jericho and Orange Cassidy. Yeah. Uh, when he got fucking thrown in the mimosa. Oh, yeah, the mimosa mayhem or whatever. Uh, you had... Matt Hardy fucking and Sammy Guevara, that shit show. Yeah. Which stuck. You had what was supposed to be a really good tag match with Omega and <laughs> Hangman versus FTR. And to be honest with you, I felt like that shit the bed. I like Sheena and Rosa. That was really good. So yeah, the pay per view was the pay per view itself wasn't horrible. Yeah. Where would we put that match though? Uh, I, I would, would put say, middle of the road. I think it's middle of the road. Yeah, I would say mediocre. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Only because like it, it felt like uh, it felt like MJF should have gotten the moment. Yeah. I agree. I thought it was a good wrestling match, but I, I would agree that it, it it should be put mediocre. All right, now we're going to WCW 1993. We got Big Van Vader versus Cactus Jack in the Texas Death Match for the spin the wheel, make the deal. So we're going back. Uh, I get what they were trying to do with Vader and trying to make him a dominant world champion, but one, the title wasn't on the line. And two, this would have been, like, perfect revenge for Cactus. Yeah. Title's not on the line, so he's not going to win the title. But, I mean, it was the same thing earlier in the year when they did that White Castle Fierce Strat match with him and Sting. Like, it was non-title. Sting should have won it. But then... You know, Vader ended up winning, but then Sting started beating the shit out of Vader after. Yeah. And then here, 
he beats Cactus thanks to Harley Race, so then Cactus puts Harley Race through the stage. That was cool, though. It was cool, but I'll say this. Like, as good as Harley Race was for Vader's career, he shouldn't have been. Vader should not have needed Harley Race. Yeah. It's like Umaga never needed that Estrada. I kind of enjoyed. Well, first of all, I enjoyed Estrada with Umaga too because he was funny. Yeah, but I did I, too. Yeah, I thought I uh-huh. thought both of those guys were actually good with their perspective guys because Harley was a guy, a good tough guy. Like in the Battle Bowl when they were beating each other up, that shit's awesome. But Estrada was a good mouthpiece. I think I think Estrada was much needed for a manga than anything else because a manga never really did anything. We never heard a manga speak at all. <laughs> yeah. So like I can kind of understand that just for like the mouthpiece thing. Vader could cut his own promos. Yeah, he didn't need Harley for a promo. It was just fun to have a tough guy next to him. Yeah, and Vader was already supposed to be a tough guy to begin with. Yeah, it didn't really fit. I can agree with that. I mean, it didn't fit. I mean, I do think that, like, as far as, like, somebody to travel on the road with him and keep him from being an ass, which he was known to be. Yeah. I do think that was a good idea. But he didn't need to be on camera with him. I agree. Do you have a match? Or where where are we going to put it? Uh... I like this match, but because of the ending and how I feel like Vader should have lost, I'm just going to say very good. Actually, this is my first Texas Death match I've seen watch. I think you... I think a couple years ago, you you wanted me to do a show about Texas Death matches or something I had to do. And someone gave me this match and watch. And I enjoyed it, to tell you the truth. For our first Texas death match. Not Wait, so this is a homework assignment for you? <laughs> you gave me this. I think we had to do this a couple of years ago. I think when I was doing my countdown or whatnot. Someone suggested I watch this. And I was wanting to make it one of my lists. I don't know. <laughs> ah. <laughs> so... <laughs> And he actually understood the assignment. Wow. I'm impressed. And he actually listened to Doug because not many of us do. I give you a listen. Uh, Yeah, and then when somebody does start to listen to me, Sharon calls him stupid. Uh, I do not. No, but I agree. I, I would put this in very good. I wasn't putting you down. <laughs> no, I don't. Nah, that's cool. My feelings are not hurt. Okay, <laughs> All right, Doug, you got a match? I mean, hell, I'm proud of him. Uh, <laughs> uh, you know what? Let's go. Let's stay on Mick Foley. Okay. Uh, in Your House Mind Games, September of 1996, Shawn Michaels versus Mankind for the WWF title in Philadelphia. In Philly. <sighs> they had really good chemistry. They worked well together. 
and this was actually mixed like first like big big main event in the WWE in the WWF. Yeah, and Sean made him look good, and Mick could actually go. I would put this in very good, I think. Yeah, because what's funny about this is that if you watch Sean's run, Sean goes from having a match with Vader where he absolutely lambasted Vader because Vader apparently wasn't listening or which yeah. by the way, Vader's 450 pounds. Shawn Michaels is like 225. I think Soaking wet. All right. Vader could poop Sean. <laughs> All right. So you're not going to listen to a 225 pound fucking twerp. If you're 450 pounds. So the fact that Sean was taking a personal and then calling Leon all sorts of names. Yeah, uh, he was being a prick. Like, I would have, if I were Leon, I would have gone in the bathroom, taken a shit, and then thrown Sean in that bathroom and keep the door shut. Jeez. Which actually, to be honest with you, back in the day when I, when I went to BOCES, our BOCES teacher actually did that as a punishment to somebody for because this one kid was... <laughs> this, I, I swear to God, this one kid was being an ass, so the teacher went in the bathroom, took a shit, smelled, good Lord, and then he said, he said to the kid, he said, come here. He took the kid, threw him in the bathroom, and held the door shut for five minutes. Well, that's one way of dealing with that. That's that's engagement or whatnot. That's to get the law. <laughs> Kid was eighteen. Uh, <laughs> I don't uh, care. <laughs> but uh, it's still assault with nuclear gas. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I think Mister Bulver's retired right now, though. So it's <laughs> yeah, he's okay. It's past the statute of limitations. Yeah. This was back in 2004. But anyway, but like as far as uh, as far as like that goes, I think Mick was actually the first person that actually like listened to Sean. Yeah. And I think Sean wanted to make him look good as a result, so the match turned out pretty good. Well, yeah, because Mick was actually getting a match with somebody that wasn't Undertaker. Yeah, and they had a good psychology to it, too. Yeah. Like with the like disformed guy against the handsome like rock star type. Like, those type of things work, like when Kane did it with Jericho in the 2000s. Yeah. I I enjoy storylines like that. Yeah. So, I, yeah, I'd say very good. I would, too. And plus, the match did win a slammy. Slammy of the year. Oh, shit. Well, it's got to be in very good. All right, Clint, if you got a match? Yes, I do, actually. I'm going interesting. I'm going Mosley and Omega. The barbed wire match. I forgot. What did you call it? Exploding barbed wire death match. Just put it that way. I'm trash. That was final. That was Revolution 2021, right? I think so. Right. Dude, that clip of Eddie Kingston. When Eddie Kingston jumped over him. Uh, He's like hugging him and shit. I'm going to yeah. save you, man. It's like, poo, poo, poo. A little like sprinkler fireworks. It was so funny. Oh, I thought it was yeah. hilarious. Uh, you talk about a match that had like 
Now, this is another one because I was really excited for it. I never watched, like, a really exploding bar wire death match. I see a bar wire match in ECW before. I actually went back and watched a couple to get ready to get, because I was so hyped for this match. It was bar wire that I was really disappointed in. I remember Eric was actually mad at us because we didn't want to we didn't want to order the pay per view. Oh yeah. And he's just like, "How can you not do that? It's an exploding death match. It's like one. It's on a Sunday, and we work on Monday. So no. And then like after the match, and I heard about like what happened with the match and how you know they flopped the the death match or whatever. I texted him. I said, "You see why we didn't get it." <laughs> I mean, it's just like, kind of like what Clintus was saying. It's one of those things that looks so fucking good on paper. It looked like there's no way it couldn't work. But then, like, a technical issue made it not work. Yeah. And, like, you don't... The whole ending was awful. When John Callis played it up and said, oh, we did that on purpose and all that. Because you're trying to get Don Callis heat. Yeah. Which... It's just trying to explain bullshit, though. Which, by the way, you try to get Don Callis any more heat than what he already has, you're going to set a fucking house on fire. That guy does not need any more heat. But from what I remember of the match itself, it was a little uneventful anyway. Yeah. I don't remember it being a burn burner before Yeah, because, like, Kenny's matches uh, at, at that period of time was, Pretty much, if he had a no disqualification match, it was pretty much just the Baldy twins helping him out for like 25 minutes, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Anderson and uh, No Job Gallows. Well, that's just good. This is doing a partnership with the, um, the Impact Wrestling they did. Yeah, like they. Like, he would have, like, some kind of no disqualification match. I think he would wrestle, like, 30 seconds in the match by himself, and the other 25 minutes, he, they'd be in there with him. And now they're doing the same thing for AJ again. They're always around to show up at a main event and fucking... Start yeah, well, it's just like, if this is going to be no disqualification match at Night of Champions, and they're going to start to turn AJ heel, it's going to be screwed. Gallows and Anderson are just going to fucking wrestle what It's going to be like, oh, no, AJ, we, you can't be in there unless we're in there. He's got a tug on the left testicle. i got a tug <laughs> on the right. Uh, and then Mia Yim's going to be behind him giving him a rim jab. Jesus Christ. Uh, uh, where we, so I'm going to trash this match because I didn't think it was that great. Yeah. And the ending's so bad. <laughs> yes. I mean, it's one of the, one of the big matches. I, I, it, was really, it was another letdown in my eyes. Yeah, and it was a bad look for AEW because that's like a shockmaster level. Like you're gonna put that on with your buddies and laugh about it type thing. I mean, At least the end was good. It's towards the end that just ruined it for me. Yeah. Did you see? And Eddie, God bless Eddie, but he just he 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 hammed it up so much and he made it like such a big deal. And then the little fucking yeah. pew pew pew. Can you imagine, like, if Keith Lee ever listened to this show and heard what I just said about his wife? <laughs> That's not a house I, call. I'm gonna. T- I'll be like, it's the bald one. Go ahead. I'm snitching. I'm snitching on your. You come, Keith Lee, dude. I, any anybody else, I'll stay legit. Keith Lee comes in, I'll be like, there's snacks in the fridge, and go ahead. It's the bald one. <laughs> 
Like he just he looks like he looks intimidating. Like I would as big as he is, I would not want to piss him off because I have a feeling that even if I ran, he would catch me. No. Yeah, I'll never forget that one NXT match where the cameraman just did such a good job and it was a close up on Finn Balor's face and this is when he was heel in NXT. And I forgot the match. But then like a six man. Yeah, and then you just see in the camera pan slowly and you just see Keith Lee behind him, like staring at him like he's lunch. <laughs> it's just so funny. And he's just he's a scary dude. Yes. And then like uh, you hear Beth Phoenix just go, uh oh. Yeah. All right, the next match I'm gonna hit you guys with because we put that in trash. We're yeah. going to go Diesel and Bret Hart. And this is a mid-card match, but it's for the WWF Championship. King of the Ring, 1994. All right. So you remember at one time I had the VHS for this, right? Yeah. That was a good match that was hindered by Shawn Michaels not keeping his fucking nose out of it. Yeah. First of all, that pay-per-view sucked anyway because they put the wrong match on last. Yeah, <laughs> Roddy Piper and Jerry Lawler took place over the... The yeah. World Heavyweight Championship match was match six on an 11-match card. Yeah. That's kind of... Which nuts. made no fucking sense. No. Vince would rarely ever do that. He was not a fan of that. Vince wasn't there. Vince was uh, in the middle of uh, trial. Or, not right now, but yeah. he was in the middle of a trial back then. That's why Gorilla and uh, Randy Savage were handling the commentary along with that Art Donovan who had no idea who the hell anybody was. Mm-hmm. He was like Mike Adamley. Yeah, well, it's just like he picked Razor Ramon to win the King of the Ring, and he rooted for everybody that was going against Razor Ramon. And Gorilla Monsoon's like, uh, Art, you picked Razor to win. I did. But as far as this match goes, you didn't need the outside bullshit from Shawn Michaels and Jim Neidhart. I get why they needed Jim Neidhart later on in the show. But Shawn Michaels ruined another match. Yeah, and Diesel also wasn't the best at this time. He wasn't ready yet. And I love Kevin Nash, but this is around the time where he was still a bit clunky. I, I think I would put this in meh. Yeah. See, I would trash it, but... Oh, you would have Yeah, I, I wasn't a big fan of that. Yeah, it wasn't that great, to be honest. Uh, all right, next matchup. And tell me, I don't think we did this last episode, but The Rock and Triple H at Backlash 2000? It's not on my list. All right. I think this is the match that should have taken place at WrestleMania. They yeah. fucked up with the Fatal 4-Way. And Triple H still says it's his biggest regret in that rivalry because they were white hot without Austin. Right. And it, the, the funny thing is, is that like they wanted Austin to be part of the finish. Yeah. Which made no sense if you're trying to push Rock to the moon. Especially when last time we, like, like Austin and Rock weren't friends. Yeah. Ever. They're like career rivals. So it made no sense that he had to help him to win the belt. But they kind of messed up with the Fatal Four. But when they finally did it, it, it did make Backlash feel special. And it did make a card like that, like a 
a comeback, like a card, like it's like, oh, this is the come down after WrestleMania. Nothing like it's going to be a title defense and the champion's probably going to win. and It's not going to be a big deal, but this kind of made it a big deal. And it made you want to like keep watching backlash after that and yeah. see what happens. So I, I put this in elite because this is one of my favorite matches. Rock, this is to me when Rock truly became the man in the Attitude Era. Like, he was already the man, but this is when I felt like the stamp was Now, out. did we cover this at a show, or were we going to cover it, but then I fucked up when we did something else? I don't remember. But this is a great match. No, I agree with you. I mean, yes, this should have happened at WrestleMania, but... What are you going to do? Big Show and Mick Foley needed to check. Well, they, the original posters didn't even have Foley. Yeah, well... Yeah, even the end posters, it was Jericho on it. Yeah. Because, like, even Triple H said, I think, during that Impulsive interview, he was like, yeah, I just retired Foley. They needed something to do for Big Show, so they decided to just put him in this match. And it was stupid because Rock and I should have had the – Rock and I should have had the one-on-one. Yeah, this is when they were putting too much stake in Big Show before they gave up on him and sent him to OVW. Yeah. But, yeah, the backlash. Where would you put the backlash match, Clinton? See, I will put it in, in Elite. Let's put it that way. I enjoyed it from start to finish. The build-up. Well, yeah, because this was part of, like, if you go back and you watch 2000 from January to December, watch that whole, like, there wasn't really anything bad pay-per-view-wise or even Raw or SmackDown-wise at all in that year. Yeah. Even some of the episodes of Sunday Night Heat were actually fun to watch. Yeah, the year 2000 for not having Steve Austin might be one of the most underrated years in wrestling. For how good it was, they kept the ratings, they kept smashing WCW into the ground, and they had the best baby face to have at the time in The Rock, and they had the best heel to go against them in Triple H. And they had a tremendous mid-card with Jericho, Benoit, Angle, Eddie... All those guys. Rikishi. Yeah. Rikishi was coming on and they like the ta- super strong. And then they had the three tag teams for the TLCs and shit. And also like underrated tag teams like APA and fucking Funaki and Taka. And, and Too Cool. Yeah. Uh, and you had, and again, like we talk about like the undercard, like I just mentioned Sunday Night Heat. And then you can also, like, I really think like Jack or Metal or whatever, you know, show you were watching at that time which was their, it was their D show. Yeah. Okay. But I still loved watching it Saturday mornings because, you know, you still had some kind of top tier guy, not top tier, but like they, you still had like somewhat of a story. Like you you would tune in to see the main event of Gangrel versus the Godfather. Yeah. Or you'd see, like, Billy Gunn go or somebody like that. Uh, or, like, uh, I remember tuning in a lot of times just to, to see, like, what Taka and Funaki were doing because they would usually wrestle. Or that's actually where uh, Kai and Tai and the Mean Street Posse, where their feud happened. Yeah, people want to talk shit about the Attitude Era and, like, sum it up to, like, crazy storytelling. But around this time, they really had a tremendous roster of guys that could all 
yeah. deliver a good performance. And they were all being featured, and they were all being used on shows that, you know, they would be used on. I remember, you know, going back to, to Jacked, uh, the Saturday night, the week after WrestleMania, they had an episode of Jacked, and their main event, or no, not even main event, because sometimes they would put the, the big match on first. It was Val Venus and Cra- Val Venus and Hardcore Holly. Oh, and that was like that was a big deal to me. Yeah, that's a good match. Yeah, opening up the uh, opening up the show and it was like, all right, cool. Yeah, but we're gonna flip the year next, which is actually my favorite year in wrestling. We did WrestleMania 17, but we gotta do my favorite Royal Rumble match and maybe my favorite Royal Rumble pay per view. But also our first Royal Rumble match on this list, Royal Rumble 2001. Okay, so the return of Steve Austin, I guess, and he, he already returned, but you know what I mean. Well, basically, him back to Providence, but you also uh, prominence, yeah. not Providence. Not they just, weren't they weren't in Rhode Island. Not just him running over Rikishi. Yeah. Now <laughs> here's the thing about that. I remember being so hyped. Yeah. And I, I told, even told the story before how I picked Billy Gunn to win the Rumble. He was Final Four, baby. And, Clintus, I believe you and I actually got into an argument over this. No, I think it was me and Clintus because I said Billy Gunn should have won that Royal Rumble and he was calling me a lunatic, which he's probably right. Uh, but, uh, what, does he not have a comment? <laughs> yep. I. Uh, I'm just going, I'm listening, go ahead. <laughs> All right, so. This is the same Billy like, Gunn. Who got Rumble, like you look at. After winning King of the Ring in 99. Yeah. Or, or not yeah. 99, or the King of the Ring. So. <laughs> but, like, if you go back and watch this Royal Rumble and, like, how it started and all that, and, like, and then Drew Carey was in it, which added a little bit of, and then, like, at the beginning of the night, like on that episode of Sunday Night Heat, they were teasing that there were still three guys, three surprises that were coming on that night. They had three surprises. Yeah. Those three surprises were the Big Show, Haku, and the Honky Tonk Man. Honky was awesome, though, getting fucked up by Kane. Oh, my God. Like, when he came out, like, when his music hit, Jerry the King Lawler was just like, what the hell? That, that Royal Rumble is perfect for so many reasons. One, like Raven and them kind of making it a hardcore rumble for a little bit, and some of the ECW and, like, undercard guys really getting to just beat the shit out of each other. Two, because of the big names, and, like, you had Kane, who probably had one of the best Royal Rumble performances of all time. Big Show was dominant with putting rocks to the table after he got eliminated, and the whole story was Stone Cold and him fucking Triple H over, so of course Triple H is going to beat the shit out and of him. And plus Undertaker and Kane, like yeah, you didn't know if they were united or not. Yes, Rikishi was on a roll, so you never know if he could win. And he was going to be number 30, by the way. Yeah, so, so there like, was a lot going into this. Yeah, and then like you had like underlying storylines too, like the Hardys at one point had to fight each other. They had kind of a feud going on with the APA. The thing with Billy and Eddie. Was the Eddie guy? wasn't. Okay. Well, they were. Billy Gunn was teasing that he was going to get to members of the right to censor in the uh, in the Royal Rumble, but he was never in the ring with the right to censor guys. At, okay. At that at the same time. 
Yeah, I don't remember Eddie being in that. Perry Saturn was, though, wasn't he? He was. He was one of the hardcore guys in there. But uh, I just, one thing that I really remember is the stare down with Rock and Austin. Yeah. When that was, I think it was in the final four. Or, final three. Yeah, Billy had already took, <laughs> took a dump. And, uh, and they just stared each other down. And it was just such an iconic moment. And just, like, watching that as a kid, it's like, holy shit. And these are two, like, arch rivals. These two guys want the same thing. Only one can win. And the way Austin wins by taking Kane out with the chair shots and then just getting them over. Even though I was always a rock guy, still seeing Austin win was like, this is fucking awesome. And you know Rock was going to find a way to get to the title, which he did. So, like, I just think this is an iconic Royal Rumble. And I don't yeah. know how I couldn't put it in the lead. And the funny thing is, is that, like, I've talked before about how, uh, you know, Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon's commentary for the 92 Rumble is, like, it made that Royal Rumble match. Yeah. Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler did an awesome call. Oh, yeah. For for this rumble, they always did, but for this though, it's just like I mean, not only was the match like excellent, but the commentary just put it way over the top. Yeah, and you're right. Even with the stuff with the Hardys, with them taking their shirts off in the beginning, and Jared's like, "Oh, they're gonna fight." Yeah, it's just all that worked. Yeah, and then like Drew Carey coming out, Jared's just like, "I can't believe he's doing this." That was fucking hilarious. And then, uh, like, there was other stuff. Uh, and this was a great Royal Rumble card with an amazing ladder match. Yeah. With the two Chris's and a fucking and a decent and weird heel versus heel angle Triple H match. Yeah. I mean, I am going to agree with you. This Royal Rumble, uh, the 2001 Royal Rumble match needs to go in elite. Yeah. All right. Yes, it does. All right, Doug, you got one. So, I was kind of, I was kind of thinking about this. Uh, you know, me always kind of having uh, the old school, you know, mentality uh, that I that I have. Uh, Macho King and the Ultimate Warrior from WrestleMania Seven. Ooh. Now, again, this was not the main event. This was halfway through. I think this was match seven of a 14-match card. Yeah. But it was one of the big matches. It was the career-ending match. Yeah. Uh, and, well, it's by the way, that's what they called it, a career-ending match. They couldn't call it a fucking retirement match. But to me, you knew that this match was going to be, of the two mega matches on this show, you knew that this match was going to have the better wrestling because Savage could at least go. Yeah, he could make Warrior passable. And the main event was Sid and somebody, right? No, the main event was Hogan and Slaughter. Oh, yeah, yeah. That wasn't for the title? Hogan and Slaughter was. Yeah. And what was this for? Nothing? uh, Careers. Oh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I remember it being awesome. Yeah, because and the funny thing is, is this match went twenty six minutes. So did Hogan and Slaughter. Yeah, Hogan and Slaughter was not very good. No, for twenty for a twenty six minute match, it was dog shit. 
And the Warrior going 20 minutes usually isn't that great. Either. I will put this, I will just say it's good, though. Yeah. Like, I could go back and I could, I, and I've watched this, like, so many times. Yeah. But to me, like, knocking a guy out with five shoulder tackles, it's just like, and, and they call the shoulder tackles spears, by the way. I, I'm going to, I'm going to say good, too. Clint, if you got a match? Yeah, I want to go SummerSlam 2016, the rematch. AJ Styles versus John Cena. I think Money the Bank one really let me down, but the SummerSlam one I think was better. I would almost have to Second put it in the lead. That's when he went over clean, right? Yeah, that's when he uh, – yeah, right. that was the – which, by the way, I think I think weren't, weren't a lot of people shitting on SummerSlam like at first or like uh, the first few matches of the SummerSlam were like dog shit or something like that. And then oh, people yeah. were just like, oh, my God, we're losing faith. We're losing faith. And then these two come out and have this kick-ass fucking match. Yeah. And it was really like... Because I was always an AJ guy, yeah. and I was a Batista kid, so I didn't love Cena. But it was the two main guys from the two different companies, and they finally went at it. And like Clint has said, Money in the Bank because of the fuck finish. and the, Like, there was good wrestling in it, but it didn't really have a great payoff. This was AJ going over clean against John Cena. This was a big deal. And especially as an AJ fan, I put this in elite because this was a great wrestling match. Cena proved that he could really go. This is when he started doing the stunner off the ropes. The springboard stunner or whatever the fuck. It's called. Uh, no, he had been doing that like like a year prior. All right, well he did it here. Yeah. All right. Well, and, and this was tec- <laughs> this was technically too. This was him, kind of like not necessarily passing the torch to AJ, but you knew he was gonna go away for a little bit. Yes. And he's like, it is in good hands with this yeah. young man. And AJ was about to go on and win the title and shit. So. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember this match. Uh, yeah, because that SummerSlam pay-per-view, like, it started off, like, kind of shitty. Because this is when uh, Sasha, they changed Sasha's, Sasha and Charlotte's finish, like, halfway through the match. Really? Yeah, because Charlotte, because Sasha yeah. was supposed to have a long reign. But Vince changed his yeah. mind because he didn't see, he didn't see what was so special with Charlotte. Or not Charlotte, uh, Sasha. Midway through the match. Well, yeah, because everybody had gotten word that Sasha was going to win, and then all of a sudden, uh, Charlotte went over. They thought it was a mistake, and then somebody said, oh, no, Vince changed his mind halfway through. That's ass. That's why the finish looked like shit. How would they get that message to the wrestler? The referee. Uh, The referee wears an earpiece. Oh, he does. Okay. So the referee wears an earpiece, so you... uh, in essence, and Triple H is even like, so the referee can't necessarily, like, and the referee kind of has like a microphone on him or whatever to where like he can actually talk and like and communicate, even though it kind of looks like shit if you're doing it on camera. Okay. But so like, uh, they'll say, all right, this is what you're going to do. And then the referee will kind of relay it usually. A lot of like, if he can do, if they can do it without actually 
uh, without anybody kind of seeing like right. what he, what they're saying, and he'll do it. Sometimes they'll actually just use hand movements. Gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, elite. Okay. Yes, another one for Elite. All right, now we're going to go back to TNA. 2005 lockdown, six sides of steel, Abyss versus AJ Styles for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Lockdown was five? Yeah. It wasn't for the title, it was for the number one contender. Okay. Because Jeff Jarrett was the champion at the time. All right, the six sides of steel match. You're killing me, Wikipedia. Where do you put it? I would say I would say very good because I always thought the, those two guys had really good chemistry. I mean, I wouldn't say okay. that they were at you know elite level yet. No, I thought this match was just good, to be honest. Okay. Like, it was a good yeah. big man versus little guy, but. Yeah, you can't go wrong there, yeah. Maybe put it in very good. Okay. All right, WrestleMania 2004, the triple threat match. I know it's a controversial one because of the winner, but it's a really good WrestleMania match. It was one of the best WrestleMania matches probably of the 2000s. Yes, you know, a lot of people say, oh, well, you know, you really shouldn't be, you know, talking about him or whatever. But it's some of Sean and Triple H's best work. Well, yeah, because adding him into the match, I mean, Sean and Triple H already had great chemistry to begin with, but then you add this... Underdog? Yeah. Someone that, oh my god, he was a mid-carter from SmackDown. Is he really going to come over and win the world titles? Holy shit. And then you have this already pre-like blood feud with Sean and Triple H going on, and Sean has to be a part of the match, and it's pissing Benoit off. And, And then they just have this natural chemistry. And then they do it again in Backlash, and it's still really good. But this match, I don't know if I would put it in Elite. Ugh. What do you guys think? I, I would. Okay. He would? Yeah. I mean, I'm going to agree with him. Just because of the fact of the moment it gave Benoit. Yeah. Because that was like a Daniel Bryan, like, that was the Daniel Bryan before the Daniel Bryan. Yeah. I mean, the reason why they did Daniel Bryan is to pretty much erase this. That's a hot take. But... Yeah, I mean, yeah, it was a really good match. Yeah. I, and I just think it worked. Sean Sean really played his role well, and Triple H tapping at the end, and it just, it was perfect. And Triple H's reign of doom felt over for a little bit. And Yeah. Which, by the way, like, I did not actually think he was going to, like, I thought for somehow he was going to, he was going to get out of there. was going to get in or something. Yeah. Because Evolution won earlier in the night, I was hoping Triple H would lose. Yeah. And I'm glad he did. But, yeah, it was a great match. I, th- I think it is elite. I mean, I, I'll definitely agree with that. And I'll never forget, like, that episode of Raw, like, right after the 04 Royal Rumble. And uh, Austin comes out and says, you know, 
Sean, you do deserve a rematch. However, you did not win the Royal Rumble. Yeah. He goes, can the 2004 Royal Rumble winner please come out to the ring? And here he comes. And Triple H and, and everybody's just like, uh, this isn't SmackDown. What the hell is he doing here? I'm glad that he went after him, though, because Eddie got his moment, you know? Yeah. And that leads me to our next match, Eddie and Brock at No Way Out 2004. Oh. We'll start with Quinnith. Uh, yeah. Oh, uh, no, the way Doug gave, I, I want to hear what Doug got to say. Right, we'll start with Doug. <laughs> All right, so the way I, the, the way I kind of just started off with what I said, uh, you know, when I was just like, oh, I feel like that they were like Eddie got the moment, but it's almost like they were trying to really push Goldberg and Lesnar. Like, yes, there's no way Eddie would have won clean. I think. Yeah, but because of his character anyway, I don't think it fucking mattered. Yeah. It I was, don't know. I just, I felt like Goldberg tainted the moment a little bit. I mean, it was still a great moment and I loved it and I'm glad that he won. But I'll tell you, like when I watched the video on YouTube and all that, I fast forward through Goldberg shit. Yeah. Because I don't give a fuck about that bald buffoon. Because... Like, in 2003 through 2004, when he was there, he was fucking useless. <laughs> so None of the matches? I don't give a... Well, the, triple it, the, the Jericho... Yeah. The match with Jericho was good. None of the Rock shit? Well, Rock did a pretty good job. Okay? So, Rock and then Jericho, but then afterwards, you know, horse shit. <laughs> So I don't give a fuck about Goldberg's WWE uh, Goldberg's first WWE run. Uh, as far as what Eddie did, it was a, it was an awesome moment. Uh, I want to elite it, but because Goldberg had to be involved, I'm just going to say very good. All right, Cliff, what do you think? Yeah, I was going to put it in very good too. I don't think it's it's not on par on elite. What you said about Goldberg was right. I think it it was building up for a Brock versus Goldberg match. And what better way to do it than have Goldberg interfere? This is a person, Eddie Guerrero, who lies, cheats, and steals his way yeah. to victory. It's a perfect way to send Goldberg down there to have controversy to give him away. It fits his character. I mean, yes, that is a good point. I feel like if if the WrestleMania 20 match with Goldberg and Brock doesn't suck, we're having a totally different conversation here. I, I think we are. Because the build-up to it was awesome. And the Stone Cold, don't do anything I wouldn't do, and fucking here's a ticket. And I just thought that I, I thought that, that led to the magic, and I would still put it in the lead. I'll put it very good for because it's two to one. But it fucking... I thought it was just as good, if not a better moment than the Benoit thing, because finally seeing Eddie, and he was the ultimate underdog for me, and seeing him beat this big fucking muscled up gorilla, and he just fucking, he just tears up Brock Lesnar, and yes, he doesn't, you know, 
it's not a clean victory, but it doesn't need to be. And Goldberg, he pissed Goldberg off, so it's, you know, all fair and love is war, and Eddie capitalizes, and the, it's a huge pop in front of the crowd. I remember watching this when I was younger and just being mesmerized by the moment. Yeah, but, and the fact that, like, his, his brother Mondo and his mom were there. Yeah, I just... I thought it was really special, but I, I will agree. The match as a whole, I guess, is very good. So. Yeah, I I don't know. I just I, I get what you guys are saying as far as you know, like probably needing Goldberg. I I don't think the moment needed Goldberg. It might not have needed it, but I don't think it hurt it. I think it still worked in terms of the story. Yeah, but I see where you're coming from. I was just gonna say, Clintus and I, Clintus and I get along better when Eric's not here <laughs> than when Eric's here. But uh, and to me, this is the perfect win for Eddie and Benoit winning clean and making Triple H tap was the perfect win for Benoit. Yeah, that's why I like it because it's like if they both would have just won clean, then it's like, oh yeah, the technical wrestlers are winning clean, awesome. But I, it made it feel like two different, distinctive, awesome moments a month within each other, you know? Yeah. Or two months, whatever the fuck. I don't need to be corrected again. But whenever the period from No Way Out to WrestleMania was. No, you actually got it right. Okay. <laughs> so I know sometimes they make it a little longer, but uh, I uh. Yeah, I really enjoyed that one. But yeah, we'll, we'll put it very good. You want to do a speed round and then we'll get out of here? How many have we listed? I, mean, we were, I think we've already surpassed what we did the last time around. Yeah. What do you think? Well, I have one. Oh, I do have one. One more. All right, go ahead. And I want to go with, with the um, TLC. TLC 1. SummerSlam. So, and here's the funny thing. They were trying to outdo what they did at WrestleMania, at at WrestleMania 2000, and I think they did. I think they did here, and I think, because to be honest with you, as much as I like TLC 2, TLC 2 had too much bullshit. Okay. And when I say too much bullshit, I mean Lita, Rhino, and Spike. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mainly because Lita's interference lasted a total of like two and a half minutes before the Dudley boys took her out. (laughs) And Spike got beat up, and Rhino helped Edge and Christian win the damn thing. Yeah. I, and I get that, but that match had too much bullshit. I feel like this first one, like Edge and Christian actually proved in this one that they're a better team than Ben, the Hardys, and the Dudleys. Yeah, I put it in the lead. Yeah. Yeah, I would too. It's a monumental match, so. All right. I think it opened its doors to tag team all together. Oh, tag yeah. Team wrestling. It did a lot for the tag team division of the WWF at the time, for sure. Yeah. All right. Speed round? Yeah. All right. I'll just name some fast ones, and we'll give maybe one sentence or two, and then just rank them. 
We'll start off with Razor Ramon and Shawn Michaels in the ladder match. In WrestleMania 10? Yes. I thought the SummerSlam 95 match was better, so I'm just going to say very good. Yeah, I'll put this in the league, though. I like this one better than the SummerSlam 95, 95 one. And we'll put it in very good compromise. Okay. All right. All right, Christian Cage and Omega, all out. Uh, better than probably what it should have been. Uh, better than what it should have been. Uh, so I'm going to say, I'm actually just going to say good. I'll say good. All right, Mark Henry and Randy Orton in the Hell in a Cell. For the uh, title. I'm going to say mediocre. See, I'll, I'll actually trash it to tell you the truth. I didn't think Trash. this two was not meant to be. Yeah. I, 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 didn't, I, can't see, I didn't really feel the need to have those guys be locked inside Hell in a Cell. <laughs> Trash it. Okay. I'll be okay with that. Cool. All right. John Cena and Shawn Michaels at WrestleMania. Ah. Uh, very good. Yeah. I will say very good as well. Kurt Angle and Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania. I'll say uh, good. He said very good. He just said good. I'll agree with that. In the last one, I don't think we did this. Did we do the Money in the Bank, CM Punk? The match with Cena. Cena? Yeah. No. John Cena and CM Punk, Money in the Bank, 2011? Yeah. In Chicago. Crowd reaction alone would make it elite. And the match actually was really good for what it was. So I'll say elite. Yeah, I'll say elite, too. All right. Give Punk his flowers at the end. All right. That was part two of our list. We'll be back for part three at another time. Yeah. This was a lot of fun, guys. It was. And uh, we can all mm-hmm. hang out, chill out a little bit, and then watch SmackDown tonight. And we'll see everybody next week. What are we doing next week? Uh, I was thinking that idea that I had about how we kind of, you know, rebook things. Or, like, rebook, like, the NWO, or how they did the NWO, or how they did the Starcade 97 uh, Aftermath. How about we each pick a storyline and rebook it, and you do WCW. Okay. You do the NWO one. Okay. You want to do it that way? Yeah. And then Clintus can pick one, and I'll pick one. Okay. And we'll all book it to the way we wanted it. Yeah. Then we can get probably a full hour out of that, you know? Right. You Uh, down with that, Clintus? All right.
I'm down with that. Cool. All right. Make sure to check out all our other stuff, and we'll see everybody next week. All right. Peace. Peace. With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.